Hey everybody, this week's episode of the r and Show is brought to you by Cephalofair Games and the Gloomhaven Grand Festival. Did you know, folks, there's only a few days left to get in on this epic crowdfunding campaign and one of the biggest of the year, and it has so much going on, starting with the Gloomhaven role-playing game. This is such a cool idea, combining all the freeform, creative, narrative flow of a traditional tabletop pen-and-paper role-playing game with the brilliant card combo combat of Gloomhaven. It seems like a really great, two great tastes that taste great together situation. And if that's not enough, there's also about a bajillion miniatures you can get uh, from all of the uh, Gloomhaven creatures and characters and all of that. Uh, You can get them in different quantities. There'll be painting for the rest of your life, all of these miniatures, and you can add them to the RPG or to regular uh, Gloomhaven and Frosthaven campaigns. Also, we've got Gloomhaven 2.0, which is not just a slight redo of the original Gloomhaven. Things have been radically overhauled. All of the character classes have gotten significant tweaks. The inventory item system has been completely redone from the ground up. There is a new faction system that changes the way that you play through the narrative elements of the game. This takes all of the lessons learned over over half a decade of Gloomhaven development and reapplies it to where we got started, and it looks fantastic. But all of that, folks, uh, is just the preamble for the coolest thing. It is Gloomhaven Buttons and Bugs. This is a very cool little Gloomhaven microgame. You can get all the gameplay of Gloomhaven Haven in 20-minute sessions in a fun, fast, portable, little, brilliant design. So, there is something for everybody here. There's even some new stuff for Frosthaven fans uh, available on this. So, check it out, folks. That is Cephalofair's Gloomhaven Grand Festival, and it'll be ending its crowdfunding this week on the 19th of July. Okay, now, on with the show. All right, and here we are, friends. Welcome to the RRR Show. My name is Ruel Gaviola, joined by Chris George. Chris, how the heck are you, my friend? I am better now that I am here with you, Ruel, as always. How could I not be? My life is incomplete when I am not here with you on these videos. It's the truth. Oh, you know, I was and thinking... I will stand by it. And I will have it written on my grave. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing, Chris. How funny is that? The exact same thing. Your words in my one. mind. Yeah. Wow. Uh, friends, welcome to the show. We're doing a really cool thing this time. This is very different for us, and we're so excited to do it. This is the mid-year board game tag. So this is something that Rolling Reggie on his YouTube channel did, and he sent it out, and a bunch of creators have been talking about it. We've been They've been answering all the questions. It's basically eight questions, and we'll go by those one by one here with Richard through the uh, wonders of uh, video and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of great games and uh, recent games and as well as old ones too uh, we do want to shout out one more time uh, Cephalo Fair games want to thank them for sponsoring today's video as you saw in the intro there they've got this big campaign again check out the show notes below and uh, you can you know link uh, check out the link and see all the things they've got going on the campaign's going to end in a couple of days or when the YouTube videos out it should be like the next day or, or two uh, but Really cool thing. Now, full disclosure, I have been working with Cephalo Fair behind the scenes uh, throughout the campaign, doing their, you know, some uh, Twitch and YouTube work for them. But I have legitimately, I'm totally legitimately excited about the whole campaign, but especially Buttons and Bugs. Folks, 
year uh i think it was a couple of years ago maybe just last year no i think it was a couple of years ago joe clipful one of the a designer he took gloomhaven and did a thing called gloom holden where he distilled the entire gloomhaven game down to 18 cards he made a micro game out of it it's, it's so brilliant and Isaac Childress and the whole team over there at Suffolk Affair, they loved it so much, they decided to license it and create a whole new thing called Buttons and Bugs. So you basically take the game, shrink it down to, you know, 18 cards, but they re-expanded it to 100 cards. But you're still playing Gloomhaven, but it's like totally stripped down. I, I It's such a brilliant idea. And, you know, I had to bite my tongue for about a month because I knew about it ahead of time, but I could not say anything, you know, NDAs and all that. But... I knew when it was released, going to be released halfway through the campaign, it's going to be a huge hit, and it has been. Like, I can't wait to play it. Uh, Nikki Valens helped um, design it along with the original designer, Joe Clifford, and Isaac Childress. And Isaac actually created a whole new narrative for it, too. So be sure to check that out, folks. Um, Chris, how you doing? You holding up there? <coughs> oh, oh, no. Shoot. I thought I had it. I thought I had it. <laughs> so, no worries. So, Chris, uh, you know, he's an actor. He is on, you know, he is away from home right now uh, doing some uh, plays. And, you know, the voice, folks, as actors, really important. And, unfortunately, you know, he I said... Didn't, I didn't have a problem until we started recording this. Yeah. It was so good in the pre-show. Oh, totally. And then, and then something has been unlocked in me. No worries. It, but, you know what it is? It's my passion for Gloomhaven buttons and bugs as well. Th- there it I is, think, folks. I think, like, I think legitimately, to get us back on, on track, sorry for the no folks worries. at home. I'm still, I'm still fine I'm here and I got my mute button and that's the whole point that exists. <laughs> um, buttons and bugs is is the thing that I think is the best thing to come out of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it, it looks it looks really good. It's fifteen bucks. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm really excited by what I've what I've seen there. It's yeah. it's I I love the inception of it. Yep. I love that it came from somebody who just wanted to have this solo version. Yeah, and I think it's like a really cool adaptation of it. It, sure. it really is, and you know I think you know Jaws of the Lion. That's the one that you know I feel like it was the most accessible for new players to the world. I believe now that Buttons and Bug. This is the one to get Buttons and Bugs. If you're new to Gloomhaven, that's it. But again. Check out the show notes yeah. below. Uh, folks, why don't we get into this mid-year board game tag? Again, the questions and prompts were provided by Rolling uh, Reggie. Uh, I want to thank Reggie again. Mm-hmm. Check the show notes below for his original uh, video. And before we get going, folks, I want to share this video from Richard. Richard, take it away. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, one of the coolest things that happened in all of board gaming world in 2022 was the Uganda Village Board Game Convention. This is so cool. It's been an event that Ben Parkinson has been putting on for years now. Uh, Every year he raises funds to be able to run a convention in Uganda that um, is attended by all kinds of kids um, from all over the area. And for many, if not most, this is their first introduction to what you and I love, the modern, exciting designer world of board games. And you know, you get to take these home and share them with their friends and family. And heck, if we're lucky, they become lifelong board game fans. And again, if you're like me, folks, you know what a positive impact uh, modern designer board games can have on heck an old brain like mine, let alone young brains like these. Um, you know they're incredible for logical thinking and learning tools and all of that. And so Ben has been doing this for years. 
And I mention all of this because last year was a huge success. They raised uh, 5,300 pounds to be able to pull off their biggest convention so far. But you might have guessed, folks, Ben, as of this week, is starting to fundraise for a 2023 convention. And I just want to do a shout out. I want people to know about this. I, I know times are tough, folks. Uh, you know, the cost of milk is higher than it used to be. But if you have, um, you know, any spare cash that you could share, why don't you consider hitting the link down in the show notes? It's the very top of the show notes to maybe throw a a bit towards uh, Ben and these kids so they can have an amazing convention this year. Especially because Ben is being more ambitious than he ever has been before. Because this is not only a board game convention, but a science fair as well. Because a lot of these kids, bright, smart kids, don't have access in their day-to-day classrooms to um, really cool science equipment and chemicals and stuff like that. So Ben is raising funds for the games, for the venue, and also for all the accoutrement they need to be able to have a wonderful science fair. So these kids, their brains can be uh, fired not only by amazing modern uh, board games that bring them all together, but also hopefully catch the bug for science. And I know Ben is planning on bringing games like Ark Nova and probably Earth and uh, Terraforming Mars that will maybe get them into uh, science both on the board game front and they'll actually be able to play with the science themselves. This is just, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on in the world that drives people nuts, but if you want to make a difference, a real meaningful difference in people's lives, can I suggest again, hitting that link down in the show notes. Uh, So far, as of now, like I said, he only started this week. There is one generous person who has put up 100 um, pounds. Oh, don't worry. You you can back in, in, you know, the monetary currency of wherever you're from. They're trying to hit 2,600. Last year, what did they hit? They hit 5,300. Folks, let's blow it out of the water. Let's see if they can hit 10,000 this year and give these kids the most amazing board game convention and science camp they've ever seen. Uh, I put it in your hands, folks. Uh, Don't leave that one backer hanging. You can be the second or the third or the fifth or the hundredth, and I hope that's the case. Ben, I continue to be amazed by your generous spirit and what you're doing here. And folks, I hope if you're inspired at all, you might uh, go check it out. Again, link's in the show notes. Oh, hey, and before we move on, uh, just in case you can't see the link down in the show notes because you're not on YouTube right now, maybe you're listening to this as a podcast on the road or whatnot, you can point your browser, next chance you get, to uganda.rado.com, U-G-A-N-D-A dot rado.com, and that will also take you to the crowdfunding site for this wonderful, wonderful thing. Thank you, Richard. Yes, uh, we, you know, he had mentioned this last year as well. And, um, you know, I was able to donate a little bit. Folks, if you have the means to do so, it's a worthy cause. And I want to thank Richard uh, for bringing that to attention. Um, you know, I would missed the reminder or whatever the notification, but it just went live. So we've got a chance to make a real difference, everybody. So check that out. We're going to kick things off uh, with Chris. As long as you're okay, Chris, we're going to kick things off with you, my friend. <laughs> okay. I think the fit, the fit may have passed. Okay. And, and and I am here and ready to ready to talk about some fun things. Okay, cool. And if you do need I'm a break... Sorry if I blow out your ears. <laughs> if you need do need a break, just let me know and we're we're happy to, you know, get you back on track here. Yeah, but for sure. We're, we're going to have you kick things off, Chris, with the first prompt uh, from Reggie which is what is your favorite game and this is for uh for this year January 2023 yeah. to the present time so kicking off for well, us it, yeah and we were talking a little bit about this just about the list and how excited we were to do it uh and I I love that it's like a 2023 check-in 
But there are so many. I don't think there's a 2023 game on my list, honestly, except mm-hmm. for things that are, that are coming out. But actually, on Board Game Geek, it's written as 2022 because the Kickstarter was back in 2022. Uh-huh. Um, but I know it's actually coming out. Like I was trying to think of physical things. But I, but I love this. I love this idea of just like, what have you been playing? It is just a mid-year check-in. It's just like, how how have you been having fun? What have you been playing? All that sort of stuff. And so um, my favorite game that I have played this year that was that was new to me that I'd never played before uh, is right behind me, actually. Nice. And what do we have? And we got Rococo. Rococo, yeah. Rococo, it's uh, by Eagle Griffin Games. It's this big friggin' deluxe edition. And it's, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's obviously gorgeous. This, um, this has been such a surprise hit for me it was something that i had wanted to try for a while and finally got the chance and it 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 just is so friggin elegant it also helps that my girlfriend renee likes it as well it's definitely her favorite game of the year as well um it's got this this uh hand management kind of little deck building aspect you start with a hand of six cards and they're either little baby assistants some like medium tailors or beautiful pr- cream of the crop tailors. And on your turn, you're going to play one of those cards and you can do an action based upon like the skill level of them. So you can hire new people and those go directly into your hand. And so then you can play them again to take extra actions. You can gather materials. You can gather threads and stuff. You can weave those threads into a fine dress and then you can put that dress on display in the grand hall or you can sell it for more money to get more materials and more stuff down the line. It's just like... You can see the the picture of it right there. Mm-hmm. The board is so elegant. The deluxe edition comes with these cool little like uh, threads yeah. and lace tokens. And I had never played it before. And man, oh man, has this shot up in my ranks. It's so fun. It's just it's just so fun. Like I wish I wish I had more to say like critically about it. <laughs> But but I can't because it's just so fun. Yeah, um, I played it at four and at two so far. Uh, just kind of the base game so far. I haven't experimented with any of the little modules that they have in there. You can add in jewelry and you can add in a bunch of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just like the 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 base game itself is really really good, and it's an expensive game because it is at this like deluxe copy. And so like if you know anything about like me personally, I'm super cheap, but um, it, it was. It's just been such a blast to play, yeah. uh, and so so I'm uh, yeah happy that that's that is definitely my favorite game, and that's... and I can't wait to play it again. Nice, it's one that I'm like actively looking forward to, to keep playing. No, oh, I love that, and it's so good to hear that because I have never played Rococo, and it's oh no, yeah, it is on my bucket list. So a funny thing, I actually ordered it um, right after it, it hit retail or whatever, the, the deluxe version and everything. I ordered it from a local uh, store, and somehow my order never got placed. I thought I was charged for it, and then I kept asking, they said, oh yeah, it's and unfortunately, like, months later I was, they never had my game, so I was like so bummed, and I just sort of, you know, I made, you know, my card was never charged, whatever, and I was just sort of uh, frustrated, and I never got back onto it. Is you know again, you know how fast things move in the board game world. I just yeah, yeah, you know my attention absolutely. you know went elsewhere. But then just watching you know Rado's run through and also what you were just saying, it's like I need to play this game. I know it's good. Like everyone I've it's talked really to has good. loved it. It was out of print for many years, and then that's this deluxe version yeah. came in. Oh, it looks gorgeous. And 
the fact that you said it's worth the money, Chris, that really skyrockets in my my opinion. I yeah. definitely want to get there. I'm so. cheap. Yeah, I think it's worth the money. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. All right, great call. Okay. What's uh, your favorite gamer? Well, thanks, Chris. I'm gonna, listen. I'm gonna mute myself, but yeah. I'm still gonna be listening. Cool. Uh, thanks for asking, Chris. Yeah, my favorite. Uh, this was uh, something that surprised me uh, a little bit this year. I knew about this game, um, but I didn't expect to. You know, I, I you know, I, I was really interested in the theme mainly because I'm a book nerd. I, I'm a word nerd, so anything like books or uh, stuff like that, I'm immediately interested in. And books of time was a game was sort of off my radar, and then it once it came out on the radar, it, it's been a huge, huge hit. Uh, Michelle and I played this for the Tabletop Live Network. That's our monthly event that I do with the Brothers Murph. We help coordinate it. We live stream for uh, all weekend long. And this one was a sponsored playthrough from Boards and Dice. And man, oh man, I love this game. The theme, it's uh, about building books, literally putting books together. If you can see in the video, Michelle and I each have three little th uh, ring, two ring binders so you are actually, let me uh, see if I can show you some of these. You're taking, as you can see here, Michelle's actually taking the little page, placing it in the book, and that's her action. So, you know, or that's going to give her action. So as you, uh, you know, play actions, you're going to flip or turn the page and then do other actions. It's such a unique tableau builder. I, I it's, so it just totally blew me away. And I love the fact that it's a gateway plus game. So I just sort of expected this to be heavier because it's a board and dice game, but Thankfully, no, it's not like Teotihuacan. It's more along the lines of, um, you know, Zapotec, where you're going to have about a 60 to 90 minute game. It's going to be a little crunchy, but not so crunchy where it's like a three hour game or two and a half hour game. And that's like perfect for me and, you know, Michelle. Uh, she, that's the type of games she loves. So Books of Time, you have three different books, uh, three different topics that you're building. And you have a civilization track that you go up. And as you build your books, you're going to start collecting resources. There's some set collection to this. Oh man, I just adore this game. And it's so thematic. You know, you're, you know, you got your ink that you can use and your erasers and oh my gosh. And as you'll see in the right side of that screen, there's like, I forget what it's called, but it's like the main book. And that one, it's like an event that happens for everyone. Each time that page turns, you're getting closer to the end of the game. So by the, I think it's like 15 turns and by the, uh, when there's like three turns left, you, you'll know it has like a bookmark it says, Hey, we have three turns left. Oh, it's so clever and absolutely loved it. It's been a hit. It does have a solo version too, which I have not unfortunately been able to play, but I've heard it's good things about the solo version. Um, but yeah, this has been my favorite game of the year. That is books of time. Cool. Yeah. Never heard of it. Excited yeah. to play it. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Chris, I think you'd like it. Uh, if you're a fan of tableau building, uh, this does tableau building in a very new and unique way. Okay, so those are our favorite games. Let's see what Richard has for us. Richard, take it away. Oh, man. Well, I am so jealous. I so desperately want to play Books of Time. There was actually a snafu. I was supposed to get a review copy sent to me from the publisher, but it went to Kimberly instead, which is why she did the run-through on the channel, and she did a great job uh, and made me want it even more. Kimberly, I'm coming for you. I am going to get that copy of Books of Time, and after I play it, well, I might end up agreeing with you. And hey, Chris, 2013 called, and they say, welcome to the party, pal. I mean, Rococo is fantastic. The reprint is amazing. I can't blame you. It's good stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're playing some catch-up. That's all right. That's all right. I mean, I 
fantastic game. Uh, for me, what is the best thing I've played so far this year? It's got to be Jump Drive, the Terminal Velocity expansion. This is not the best standalone new game I've played, but... Uh, this expansion adds so much to what was already a nearly perfect, flawless, fast-playing little card game. This takes Jump Drive out of my top 50 and brings it into my top 20, quite frankly, with the uh, new objectives system that was added and the um, extra cards that have gone in. And uh, I, I, I already love Jump Drive. The solo mode is fantastic. You can play five-player. It's just one of the greatest card games. I mean, it so eclipses its predecessor, Race for the Galaxy. Now, this is basically Race for the Galaxy Express with the Terminal Velocity expansion. It's getting, uh, it's starting to muscle in on Roll for the Galaxy as my all-time fave. Don't tell my wife I said that. But anyway, so far, of everything I've played this year, it's got to be um, Jump Drive, Terminal Velocity. Okay, back to you guys. Okay, Jump Drive. So I recently just played Jump Drive on BGA. Folks, on Board Game Arena, they have mm, a bunch of board games nice. you can play for free. Jump Drive is a great implementation. I have not played Terminal Velocity yet, but if it's... I mean, Jump Drive is brilliant, but if it's taking it from 50 into the top 20, that's saying something for that's Richard. That's really significant. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Jump Drive was, was his number one for our for travel games that I, we did yeah. last week, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. And for him to say this one takes it to a whole new level, I'm excited yeah. to try this out. Uh, have you have you played uh, Velocity, Terminal Velocity? No, Velocity? I, haven't, I haven't played I, I, any of the Jump Drives. Okay. I, I, not from last week. I mean, I'm still catching up from 2013. Really? <laughs> yeah. How am I supposed to? Do you think I played it in a week? Well, no chance. <laughs> Now I'm talking. I can't wait to get to 2014. It's right around the corner. <laughs> I think there's going to be some gems in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's... Uh, oh, I don't know why it says Books of Time. It's because I forgot to change the title. But, hey, that's okay, because we're moving on to our second prompt from our friend Rolling Reggie. Um, Chris, we're going to have you lead the way, as usual. Um, what you got yeah. for our mo your most played game? Now, this is a really weird one. This is weird to me that it is my most played game. And and honestly, I kind of cheated with this because my actually my most played game is now kind of is Skull this year because oh. that's what we've been playing at lunch. And yeah. so I've been logging all the plays and it plays just so quickly. So, but we talked about it in the travel games. And so I didn't want to be that that guy, you know, who just re repeats the same things from the previous list onto this, <laughs> this same list. I didn't want to be that person. Uh, so I figured... Uh, I should I, I go to my second most played and and I also feel like those those games it, it's hard to where you can play like five or six games in a sitting yeah. you know what I mean that kind of inflates the numbers in a way that I didn't think uh, embodied the spirit of of this question mm -hmm. and and then so my second one I think I've I've like ten plays of this this year and it's oh. so surprising to me because I don't I don't think I, I I think I even put out the review on this last year. Um, it's psychic pizza deliverers go to a ghost town. Nice. I have played this game. I didn't realize I'd played this game so much, but I have played this game so much. And like, I didn't even think I would get to that many plays of this game <laughs> because I'm like, it's, it's a fun game. Like it's definitely a fun game. Yeah. You, you, one player plays the mayor. And I think that's why I've played so many games of it uh, is because I've run this a lot. Um, so one person plays the mayor of Ghost Town and knows the layout of Ghost Town and everybody else doesn't. So everybody else has to go through Ghost Town finding a pizza and delivering it to a house while avoiding ghosts and fences and stuff. And so they'll move north and you'll say, you successfully moved north and around you are 
fences here and there might be some ghosts here and there might be some pizzas here and it gives kind of like a general layout about what's around you and so you're plotting out the map as you're going around but you might fall into teleporters etc um and, and i think i've played this a bunch because i i've played it since i i even came to halifax because my girlfriend renee really likes it and she likes introducing it to new people and then like younger kids really like it too so like her her nephew has really taken a shine to it and was like, let's play the ghost pizza one, right? <laughs> and so just having this, this sort of like weird, unique party trick game, so to speak, like it's, 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 it feels like a party trick. It feels like, hey, the, here's this weird, unique thing that's out there. I, I guess I've wanted to show it off and, or, or it's been pulled out or people have asked about it because of the title or whatever, but it's, it's mind boggling to me that this has gotten like 10 <laughs> plays um, and uh, yeah. And, and, and beats pretty much everything else on the list. I wanted to cheat. I wanted to cheat and just put something that I liked more like Avalon, which is also vying for it. Yeah. Um, which was close, but I, I, I decided to go with this one because I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. And this is, and this is the one reason why I'm very happy. I started logging plays because I can look back in my like BG stats app and say, yep, I played this this many times and didn't realize it. Uh, and so <laughs> I knew that it would come in handy for YouTube and I only started it because of YouTube and I knew it would come in handy. Uh, so that's that's Psychic Pizza Delivers Go to a Ghost Town inexplicably nice. my most played game. Uh, <laughs> that's and, and great. I think that makes sense too because I'm like, I'm a pretty big Omni gamer. I like playing a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. and, and so I wasn't expecting anything to be like super high up. And yeah. I was expecting more of the coups and the skulls. Uh, but again, since both of those were on the, the list last week and I didn't want to repeat, <laughs> um, that's, why, uh, that's why we're here now. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I want to shout out uh, our friends, Table Knots. Uh, Table Knots for doing the video. Uh, thank you for letting us uh, use that. Um, I guess we should ask permission first. But, you know, you know it's nothing but love here. But, uh, Chris, I've been like so into this game ever since you mentioned it before uh just yeah. because of the name alone that's like one of the great all-time yeah. all -time great names psychic pizza yeah. delivers going to ghost heaven i like yeah. that it's a game that's very accessible because i know with my you know nieces and nephew they hear the name they're definitely going to be into it you know it's like yeah oh, we're, we're playing it you know just based on name alone yeah, yeah. cool yeah. okay for sure uh, gets kids in yeah yeah Looking forward to trying it. Um, I'm going to move on to my most played game of the year. And I actually, you know, knew this game would get played a lot because I got a preview this last year. I've talked about the game um, already on the channel. Um, but I got a preview of this last year at PAX Unplugged. And the second I got my two-minute demo, I was like, this is going to be one of the best games of the year. And I know it's going to be played a lot in my household. And it is Namalia. Uh, this is a small uh, card-based game. Um, from Lucky Duck Games, uh, Richard did his little uh, run through here. You are just laying cards down, building your little reserve, uh, and you're lining up the animals. It's got that sort of sprawlopolis thing where you are, you know, laying cards on other cards. It's a card drafting game, and then it's got the spatial element of how are you going to, you know, get all these different animals and uh, reserves lined up in different terrains. It's got different goals. Um, you just score two goals every round, and it changes every round, just like in Cartographers. So <clears throat> it's got the best of Sprawlopolis, Cartographers, and card drafting games. The second I saw that, um, it was it really was just like a two-minute demo. I was like, yeah, I'm all in on this. And when I brought it home, like when they sent me a review copy, I tore it open, relearned the rules, and Michelle and I just fell in love with it. And we played it 
almost, I think, 10 times already this year. And I've introduced it to, I think, four different gaming groups or friends, and they've all loved it, too. So nothing uh, it, it didn't surprise me but it, that i played it that much i loved it that much and i know richard um that one from nabalia for him sort of came out of nowhere i believe and so i know he was really pumped about it but that's why it's my choice or that's why it's been my game that i've played the most this year that's nabalia nice yeah okay. i haven't played it but you you you're selling it very well I, I love that dual, that's sort of dual scoring condition of cartographers. I think it's yeah. a really cool thing. So yeah. that gets me into three. For yeah. Sure. When they, when uh, it was actually Brie from Lucky Duck, um, when she worked with them, she had mentioned, hey, I'm going to show you this game. It's going to take two minutes. And the first thing I wanted to let you know is it's got cartographer style scoring. I was like, oh, yeah. Because I love that uh, mechanism, like how, you know, you know what's scoring in the first round. And you also know what's going to score in the fourth round, right? So mm-hmm. things are going to change, yeah. but you can still sort of plan ahead. I love that. And they, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a brilliant design. And uh, yeah, look, I, I'm hoping to get a copy soon, Chris, because it, it's wonderful. Okay, nice. let's go. Let's see what Richard's got to say for his most played game of the year. All right, Ruel. Yes, Namalia is fantastic. Folks, you have not heard the last of it on this very list. I'll talk a bit more about it soon. But um, Chris, congratulations. You made it up to 2022. And I do have to admit, I, I do think this game looks really, really cool. I saw your video of it a while ago and was very impressed and very saddened that it does not support two players. It's a three-player minimum game, which is not surprising. That's often the case with hidden movement games. Although, I did check on Board Game Geek and people have reported that it works Works great as a two-player game with uh, the second player controlling two pizza delivery uh, agents. Uh, delivery folk. Uh, so, hey, you know, it could be pretty cool. That's all very, very nice. But what did I play most so far this year? Uh, it's got to be Earth. Man, I played the heck out of this game at the uh, Dice Tower West Library. I think I played it with you, Well, I don't remember. I played it with so many people. I played it probably not quite a dozen times this year, which is a lot for me because I'm always playing, you know, new things to cover for the channel. But I I played it a lot at the convention, then I played it quite a bit uh, with my wife Jen while we were on the road, then I sent it to Kimberly so she could film it for the channel, and then I was very, very sad, so sad, I missed it so much, that I went and bought myself another copy at a friendly local game store down in Salem, Oregon, and uh, I've got it, and I've played it again. So, we just can't get enough because this is such a big, crunch game that gets so much gameplay done in such a fast time frame. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Now, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Sagrada uh, Artisans because I played this over a dozen times, and it is a 2023 game, but I played this a while ago, uh, last year, I think, when I covered it in prototype form. So, I don't think it really fits. It is uh, the most played 2023 game of mine, but not the game I played most in 2023, which again is Earth, which is fantastic. It's going to be making a lot of best of the year lists at the end of this year. Mark my words! Okay. Yeah, um... Richard, yes, I, that was me. I did play with you at Dice Star West. We played a four-player game. It was me, you, uh, Nick Murphy, Shay, and I think one of their friends. Um, was it a five-player game? I forget, but I loved Earth. Uh, same same feeling. The second I played, I was like, yeah, this is going to be one of the top games uh, of the year. I know it, got, it was all the rage at Dice Tower West. I was like the game that generated the most buzz. Um, I actually, I've actually played it a couple times on Board Game Arena, folks. It's free. You, know, you go play Board Game Arena. 
And um, I need to get a physical copy because I loved it so much. I, it's an awesome game. I can't wait to try it solo as well. Um, Chris, have you had any experience with Earth? Yeah, Earth was vying for most played as well. I've played it a lot nice. this year as well, too. Uh, just because, like, it's arrived, everybody's talking about it, and it's really solid. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is really solid. Like, I, my, I for, for when I did my review of it on my channel, I was like, I tried to quell the 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 feeling of like passion that has swirled around everybody talking about it mm-hmm. i think it is like the quintessential good game that isn't going to be leaving the collection anytime soon you know what i mean i think it's yep. just like a really solid thing love the follow mechanic and uh yeah i i was R- renee didn't like it as much as i was really hoping she would and mm-hmm. if she had i think this could could have dethroned psychic pizza livers because nice. Like it, it, it would have hit the table, but uh, yeah, 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 definitely was close. Yeah, was up there in in the running for me. Definitely, a brilliant game. I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed it just as much as uh, Mm -hmm. you know we all. I I feel like it really is a runaway leader right now, as far as uh, you know, one of the top games. So okay, yeah. So most played. Let's move on to our next question uh, from Rolling Reggie. Uh, Reggie asks, "What was your biggest surprise?" I'm excited about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. I'm this is... a surprise. I'm yeah, just yeah. going to go right and say it. It's Galactic Era. Um, the, I've talked about this, I think, on this ch- on this channel already. Uh, it's yeah. a big 4X space game. And it, it was one from sort of like a, an indie, de- indie designer. Had a small run on Kickstarter. It's probably harder to find, but you can probably find it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love this game. I think it's so good. It's, it might be my favorite. I think it's my favorite space 4X game, right? Like, I think... It, it it when it was pitched to me it was pitched as the the all the things that i didn't like about twilight imperium mm-hmm. uh the the designer reached out and said hey i've made a game that like addresses all of those things you didn't like and, and so uh <laughs> that's that's what it's it, it, it worked all yeah. the things it was true and so it was surprising to me that uh, how much i enjoyed this and how much it hit with me i, I just think it's such an exceptional Exceptional game. I've got a review on my channel if you want to check it out for more information. It's a big, big SpaceX, 17 different races with different powers. You can be good, and then you can be evil. And when you're evil, you can subjugate the planets. And when you're good, you can only, like, um, ally with them. And so you need to ally with advanced civilizations. And you can't touch the primitive civilizations because you're obeying the prime directive. Uh-huh. So like, all of those, like, little touches are just make it so good for me in terms of this big space game mm-hmm. and, and super happy that I've played it and super happy to, to always shout about it now. Yeah. yeah. It's the only thing that I've, I've given like best of the year status on review status. I try to do that only four times a year. I hit the golden buzzer mm-hmm. and if this got the golden buzzer, I just think it is, it is just like an exceptional design nice. and, and, and I love how much I loved it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I I know we've talked about it on the show here mm-hmm. before, and it, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides the the psychic ghost pizza game, um, this is the other one that's really been stuck in my craw. Just because you know I love Twilight Imperium, but if mm-hmm. I can get that same experience in like a fraction of the time with yeah. still having all the four X stuff that I love, I mean, yeah, this was immediately put on my radar by you. So I cannot wait to uh, play it. Some yeah. now I don't know if. Um, it's out already, correct? Or it is out, yeah, okay. yeah, because it had a yeah. Kickstarter and it's out. Right. I think, I think what you could purchase at various locations, it would be like the Overstocker or the, 
the amount that the designer was able to buy, right? Like it's self-published. So you're, you're purchasing it from the designer and, and he's probably shipping it to you or you're purchasing it from a, a local hub that has it or, or whatever. I, I, yeah. I know that there are copies available for purchase, but I also know that like, it's not wide, wide release. By yeah. Any means. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to have yeah. to track it down. Thank you, Chris. Let's move on to my biggest surprise of the year. Uh, this surprised me in a couple of different ways. Uh, Number one, uh, I remember I was at, approached to do um, a run through for the channel, and you know, as we do, we take a quick look at the rule book. I was like, okay, this looks cool. It's um, definitely on the lighter end, but I was like really intrigued by it because of the format. So the format of this game, it's like a tournament. You are getting a tournament in a box. So you're playing a, a game. You whoever wins, they go on to the next opponent and so forth. And you play seven rounds, and then the top two scores go and duke it out for the championship. And that really intrigued me. And then, as I'm prepping for the video, it actually got nominated for a Kennerspiel. And I was really fascinated by this because, because of how light it was. By the game, the, by the way, the game is uh, Challengers, folks. Um, I was intrigued because I felt like it was a little bit on the lighter end. And, you know, as we're filming this video today, folks, just last night, it was announced that Challengers won the Kennerspiel. So this is your oh, this is your that. 2023 Kennerspiel winner, folks. Uh, Challengers, here's the run-through I did for the channel. I actually soloed it. And this is what's fascinating, Chris. Again, it's a tournament-style game. It plays up to eight players. And you can solo it because it has a little robo-deck. And that robo-deck is also used when you have an odd number of players. So that way, no one's just, like, sitting out. So, like, if I had three okay. players... It'd be, say, like me versus Michelle, and then Chris, if no one's around, Chris would play the Robo deck. And then those two winners, you know, they have a little chart there that's your seating chart. It's like after you win this game, you go to the next one, and then, you know, you someone plays in the Robo deck and so forth. What it is, it is War, the classic card game War, but for gamers. Um, it adds, huh. uh, yeah, it adds a little bit of deck building and hand management. And, you know, the more I play it, and the more I played not only just solo, but multiple players... I'm like, okay, this is brilliant. This is a brilliant game. As far as like being a Kenner Spiel versus just the Spiel GR, I feel like it's a lighter game, but you know what? I'm okay with that because it's worthy of all the praise it's getting. Um, because you can play a tournament style game, this entire game, 45 minutes to an hour. That's it. You play eight rounds or seven rounds plus a championship game. And at that, the end of it, it's like, okay, so-and-so is a champion. I love it. The gameplay is super smart. You start with a base uh, deck of cards and then... I think it's really like a perfect um, introduction to deck building because after a round, you're just going to go to either a deck A, B, or C, depending on what it says on the card. You just grab one or two cards, and then you add it to your deck, and at that time, you can discard and you can remove from your hand any cards that you want. There's no, like, trashing mechanism. There's no currency to worry about. You just do it, and then you go to the next game and play, and, you know... You, hopefully you'll win because you're going to get points. Even if you don't win that round, you're still you still have a different opportunities to get points. So it's always you know I play this. I think the max I played is probably five with the Robobot, and this game shines at that higher player count because it's it really does give you that feeling of a tournament tournament without yeah. having to get you know a bunch of people trying to coordinate and having like all day to do a tournament. No, it's done in forty five to an hour. I, I think it's so brilliant in that aspect, and you know it may not be. What I feel is Kenner Spill material, but it's definitely an award-winning uh, game. Definitely worth all the hype. And that's why it was my biggest surprise of the year, Challengers. Nice. Yeah, yeah that is surprising. I mean, like, you you pitch war. You're like, hey, it's the it's the game war. Yeah. Like, 
most gamers would say no thank you right but right like, I, I can see what that feels like it really hits for surprise for sure yeah it's yeah. it's so easy to get to the table because you just say war people are like, oh i know that you just you know do cars until you're higher than the other guy or player and that's that's it but then with all the different uh you know abilities different factions and stuff that comes to play it's it's not overly deep but it's surprisingly strategic because of that deck building mechanism like when do you get rid of your low cards when do you bring in your high cards and stuff and um also i I should have mentioned there's a thing called the bench where the cards you've played go there and if your bench ever gets filled up and you have to place a card because you've been knocked out or whatever if you can't um put a card there it's already full then you're you just lose that round so it is a management you know hand management type of game as well so anyways yeah another one i'd highly recommend uh let's find out what richard has for his um uh what are we talking about this is his biggest surprise uh, of the year uh coming right up here richard all right biggest surprise ruel challengers you know what i kind of share that surprise but for me it's surprised that it got nominated for the canner spiel this yaris uh i mean I, i enjoyed your run through of it i get the idea but yeah that was Got to be one of the biggest surprising uh, choices of the year. Although I'm sure that's probably not the surprise you were talking about. You're just talking about how much you enjoyed it, I'm sure. And I'm sure it's great. But yeah, Kennerspiel? I don't know. Uh, Chris, Galactic Era. I remember you talked about this on a previous episode. And yeah, it sounds really fantastic. Totally not my uh, cup of tea. But I'm really glad you're trying to bring more eyeballs to it. Because it really looks like it deserved it. If you're looking for intergalactic 4X awesomeness in a tight package. Seems very, very nice. For me, my biggest surprise, though, has got to be Nimalia, which uh, Ruel already talked about as his most played game. I've played it quite a bit as well. And yeah, I mean, I figured this game was going to be good. I mean, I love the idea of card uh, patchwork, you know, being able to take cards and lay them over the top of other cards to create new patterns. One of my favorite mechanisms, because it uh, takes Tilang to a whole new level, and Tilang probably is my favorite gameplay mechanism. And honestly, I mean, I have to admit, I wasn't that surprised by another revisit to the old well of card drafting a la Sushi Go or Seven Wonders. But it's done really nicely here. Uh, Kind of harkens back to Notre Dame uh, from Feld and probably actually better a card drafter for two players than most when it boils right down to it. But what really makes Namalia special is recapturing the magic of the um, multi-revisiting objective system that, as far as I know, folks, correct me if I'm wrong, down in the comments, I think the first time we ever saw this was in uh, Isle of Sky, the idea that, hey, there are multiple objectives and they will get scored multiple times at different times over the course of the game. So you want to figure out how to do well with it early and how to do well with it late and uh let's see oh 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 uh, you know obviously cartographers uh you know came after isle of sky and really popularized this idea everybody loved it there and yet we hardly see it in games at all board game publishers this has got to be just about the best way you can handle board game objectives period and so so far isle of sky cartographers and namalia again folks if there are other games that have used this system for objective management please let me know down in the comments because i want to play more of them uh because uh, it's such a surprise how amazing it is which is why namalia makes my biggest surprise so far for the year yep we talked about it um and there it is uh yeah so can't wait oh i already got the next uh, question up here what has been your biggest disappointment wow anyways uh final thoughts are namalia folks richard and i both i played a bunch he's played a bunch 
And Chris, hopefully, will be playing it a bunch as well. I hopefully will be playing it more than the two of you combined. Yes, do it. <laughs> Just to be competitive. Yes. I'm going to the next question, Chris. So we're just going to jump right into it. Number four Let's from Reggie. What has been your biggest disappointment? Well, my biggest disappointment is that Richard had to steal your number two. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no my, biggest, my biggest disappointment is uh, another older game that I played for the first time this year, and I was so excited for it. I played it at the Niagara Board Gaming Convention. It's just a little big, uh, a, a, a little, a little big board game meetup um, <laughs> where everybody brings their own games. You, you know, it's a weekend of gaming. It's that's close to me, and and so I was very excited to get this to the table. It requires eight people to shine, uh, and that's Captain Sonar. Yeah. And so Captain Sonar is one that I have been wanting to play for ages, right? I've heard about this great game, but you have to play it with eight people. You have to play with eight people who are ready to do it real time and have all the chaos going of move the bombers. Like, okay, no, I can't move up up because our systems are broken. Four different stations of people doing things all at the same time. And just like obviously going on the honor system of, of you, know, you can't cheat. You can't say, ah, I'm not on this place because it ruins the fun. Um, but what what I found was these roles felt really imbalanced in terms of the amount of like fun that you actually got to do in them. I felt like I got to do the most fun roles, which was the engineer little mini game of choosing what things to break every yep. time you move and then sc- crossing them out. Like the, the person who was next to me was just loading up, just got to cross off X's and say, hey, this this weapon system is ready to fire. And I was like, well, that, that doesn't seem exciting at all. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was kind of a letdown. And then I played as the, playing as the navigator was okay. And that was fun, like trying to be the captain and, and like communicate with the crew. But I, I just felt like, I feel like it's it's, it just didn't hit with me. It, and I think maybe it's because you could have somebody really alpha game it, but it's not like anybody was alpha gaming it in Captain Sonar because you could just play it all by yourself 1v1 and having yeah. to manage all of those things and, and listen to the other person. I mean, that would probably be pretty hard. You'd probably want to do it 2v2, one person listening to the other, other team and plotting things out and, and the other person navigating. But mm-hmm. it, it just, I don't know, it, it really... It, it just it just was a letdown. Uh, have you played Captain Sonar real well? I assume you have. I have, what yeah. And you know, I, I I liked it, but I felt like I mean, it was, I remember when it came out, it was all the rage, you know, it was all the hype, and mm-hmm. you know, I could see why people like it. I I did enjoy it, but ultimately, I remember with my gaming group, it just fell out of favor way quicker than I you know I thought it would, and yeah, or it, it just it didn't have staying power for whatever reason, and and I know that. Didn't they redo Captain Sonar as like a mass market game where it was only four players taking like yeah two, I think like that? it was just called Sonar or whatever yeah yeah I I remember just really wanting this eight player game to like click and and I yeah. just wanted to play it for so long and yeah. I've almost gotten it so many times so I'm like you know what you know a person who has it if you're gonna play it you need eight people so you're gonna play it with them like yeah. pull your jets don't add it to your collection <laughs> and and it's one that like i don't see myself ever wanting to play again like i yeah. liked it it was fine but it, it ultimately it was just like a ah. yeah and, and so so it, it it's that sort of like super high expectations 
and putting putting something forward and being like, oh, this is going to be a frenetic, awesome thing, right? And it just being okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that was yeah. Captain Sonar. I yeah, battleship I, for gamers. Exactly. Yeah, real time battleship for gamers, and ultimately, I mean, I liked it, but didn't love it uh, as much yeah. as you know yeah. everyone else did. Yeah. Okay, great choice. Yeah. Um, let's move on to my most disappointing game, and this one. Uh, just bummed me out uh, for a couple of reasons, and I talked about this on my Ruel's wrap-up, where I talk about the games I play every month. I played this back in March. Um, it's actually a game that's coming out at Gen Con, uh, but, you know, um, I got an early copy of it. It's a game called Bonsai, like Bonsai Tree, right? Uh, this one is a tile lane game, and that I was, like, super hyped about, you know, I'm always hyped about tile lane games, but right off the bat, I mean, it's, it's perfectly fine as a, a tile lane game. But this is what bothered me. And I didn't say anything when I brought it to Star West. Uh, this bothered me, the, the artwork on this. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I checked. There was no cultural consultant used on this game. But stuff like this, folks, there was a movie from the 50s called Breakfast at Tiffany's. And there's oh, a yeah. horrible, you know, stereotype played by Mickey Rooney of, you know, um, I forget the character's name, but it's a Japanese uh, character. And... This character right off the bat just reminded me of that and just really left a bad taste in my mouth. I didn't say anything. I, I just wanted people to, you know, I, I brought the game to Dice Star West and the people I played with, sure enough, two of them right off the bat said, oh, I don't know about this art. And that was such a bummer to me because I wanted to like this game. Um, you know, it just, you know, it, it's about build, uh, building growing bonsai trees. It's, it's, really, it's really neat in that aspect. Does it do anything new? I don't think it does anything new as far as tile lane. Um, I'll show you the basics here. So you're going to draw tiles, and they're hexagons, and you have your base, right? And that base, you're going to, you know, draft, you know, the different terrains that, or different types of things like leaves, branches, or petals, or whatever it was. And you're going to ex eventually expand your bonsai tree, and I think that's neat. Um, it does have a little bit of engine building here at the, uh, if you can see on the bottom here, you start with your planter, you have, you know, your water can, you have your tree there, and those are going to give you extra resources, uh, certain abilities, um, again, based on that, you know, that card, it's called a helper or whatever, that helper is going to get you more stuff, and, you know, you're trying to complete the goals there, and as you go, you know, if you complete a goal or whatever, you're going to get more points, but yeah, ultimately it was just it just left a bad taste in my mouth for for the artwork. It, it was a bummer, but I mean that's it is what it is. I mean, I was bummed and I was disappointed by yeah. uh, bonsai. That that's it. Yeah, it's always it's always so tough. Like I I understand the impulse. I've had that with a few like prototypes, especially. Mm -hmm. I, I've gotten it. I've looked at it. I've been like, listen, you really need to change this art. Like yeah. I understand that you're going for archetypes and that like. That that it's easy to like want to throw on these archetypes and and let's let's get let's get past this. Let's just like yeah. Let's just like not you know. It's kind of it's kind of one of the reasons why I don't really particularly enjoy that many games about colonialism. You know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. Like, it's it's like, like yeah. Okay. Sure. Like that happened, but like I don't want to. I don't want to like think about it. I don't yeah. want to like participate in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to just like revel in it yeah that much you know uh, uh, yeah i don't know it's it's just it's 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 kind of weird yeah it, it comes for me it comes out of that whole thing come on let, let's just do better folks you know um let's just real, do better just do we better. don't have to do this right yeah you can yeah. do it a better way so in a way that like doesn't potentially alienate x amount of people yeah so just 
Yeah. So just like do it that way. Instead. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now there was a, uh, um, uh, there was a little slight hiccup there, folks. I, I pressed the wrong button and something just popped up a little. It said Gloomhaven. Um, I'm marking it right there. Richard, please uh, edit that out. Um, but we will get back to it right now. Okay. Hey, I mean, Cephalofair is our sponsor, right? Yeah. Why not give them, you know, extra time? On shout out. Yeah, a little shout out. Okay. They, they use cultural consultants. I they know do. That. They're, they're, yeah. Good on okay. you, Cephalofair. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so that's our um, most disappointing. Let's see what Richard's got for us for his most disappointing. Richard, take it away. Okay, disappointment time. Yeah, well, I remember when you uh, talked about Bonsai in your wrap-up a few months ago. So I think you played it at Dice Tower West, right, if I recall correctly? And, yeah, that is a real shame. Uh, it looks like a sharp enough little tile-laying game, but that presentation, I really hope they fix it somewhere down the road because it's like, ugh. Uh, but anyway, uh, um, Chris, what was yours? Oh, geez, Louise, Captain Sonar, talk about a fan favorite, but... In all honesty, I kind of agree with you. I actually got a chance to play it once with Jen and a big group of people years ago at Essen Spiel, and I thought, boy, this game does absolutely nothing to uh, help new uh, players get into the swing of things when you're playing with a bunch of hardcore veterans of the game who know it in and out. We had a terrible time. No offense to the folks we played with. They were all nice and jovial, but geez louise, literally throwing you into the deepest end of the pool um, and and yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's great, but yeah, we did not enjoy our time. Uh, so I think we were disappointed many, many years ago, uh, which is where apparently where Chris lives in the past as opposed to the present. Alrighty, um, what? Do, oh, what was mine? <sighs> My island. Uh, now this is a new legacy campaign game from Reiner Knizia. Uh, I'm warning Ruel. Um, I know how much you love the great doctor and and to be fair this is a great tile lane game it works wonderfully the legacy campaign was a lot of fun and in fact it does some things much much better than its predecessor my uh my city uh you know the the events that happen throughout the game are big and surprising and really game changing and we enjoyed all of that if I were um looking at this only as a legacy game I wouldn't be disappointed at all but like my city before it it has special rules that allow you to continue to play the game after the campaign is over. So you don't have to throw your game away, which is great. Why is that disappointing? Because the Eternal game, it's called, basically throws away over half of all the cool stuff of the game. There are so many neat, memorable moments that I want to be able to revisit. Uh, there are really cool new tools you get that you unlock throughout the campaign that would totally work in an ongoing, replayable way. And yet the developer said, nope, um, just go on ahead and reset this game back almost to its bare-bones basics, where it's a good tile-laying game. But what makes it special is lost. So, um, if you go into my island, mostly looking at it for its 24-chapter uh, narrative campaign, and then um, you're, you're prepared for an ongoing post-campaign game that does not live up to what you just experienced, maybe you won't be disappointed, but I was hoping for something more, which is why my island... Oh, it broke Jensen my heart. And that breaks my heart, too. The Good Doctor. But you know what? It's okay, because The Good Doctor will create another 100 games or so by next year, and one of them will That's be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love my city and uh, my island. I, I was interested, but I, honestly, I have heard a few grumbles about it. It hasn't lived up mm. to the hype, apparently. There's always another Canizia around the corner. You know? That's how he rolls. Okay. Let's move on to our number five question uh, from Reggie. Uh, Reggie 
his prompt was number five. What game do you want to get off of your shelf of shame the most? Uh, Chris, I know we both got tons of games on our shelves of shame, but uh, mm-hmm. what's the one that you want to get off your shelf first the most? Well, the one that I want to get off my shelf first is actually been acting as a lovely um, microphone stand for me <laughs> until I play it. So thank you. Uh, representing City of the Great Machine, um, this is one that I'm actually very excited about. This nice. is this is one that I I can't I can't wait to play. It's a one versus all game. I saw it when it was back on Kickstarter, and then they reached out for me to cover it, and I was like, yes, please. Uh, and I was like, I want to cover it as soon as possible. So send it to me in Halifax, so they have, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. This is one of the things where like review obligations that doesn't feel like an obligation whatsoever because mm. I was really excited for it. It was definitely, it was like my pick of the week when I was covered it back in Kickstarter. It's um, one player plays the great machine and they can move rooms around in this modular steampunk city and thwart the agents who are trying to create a revolution. They want everybody just to stay in orderly fashion. And so the agents will communicate with each other and they'll be like, hey, we should do this sort of thing. Um, and then the, the great machine will then put their their actions face down and you all reveal at the same time. And so what I also really like is that the agents are trying to sort of, I love games that, that kind of throw this in, that they're trying to, to, to have that communication like, hey, do you want to, should we go to that location? Yeah, we should. But they can't say it or else the great machine will just be like, I'm bolstering the defenses in the the library right uh and so so i love that potential interplay that's what i'm really looking forward to and uh yeah it just seems like a really nice production copy slick thing i think it'll be yep. easy for people to get the hang of too like not a lot of rules overhead um uh, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting this to the table it's one that i've like read the rule book a bunch and like nice. haven't haven't gotten the group yet to play <laughs> but i know very soon i will and i and i can't wait yeah nice for yeah sure. Uh, this one I remember uh, watching Shay's run through, which we were just watching right now, and it, it mm. looks awesome. And um, I would uh, hopefully one day I'll—I don't have it on my shelf of shame, but hopefully one day I'll get it on my shelf of shame so I could, you know, <laughs> yeah, wish you that go. I played it right. So, all right, <laughs> nice, good call, Chris. Let's move on to mine. Uh, this one is actually—I'm going to be honest—it's not on my shelf of shame. It's on my living room table of shame because I cannot fit it on my shelf. It is. Um, oh, by the way, it just happens to be a game from our uh, sponsor, Self of Our Games, Frosthaven. I am dying to play this game. And uh, again, it can't fit on my shelf because it, it's ginormous, but I can't mm-hmm. wait to play it. You know, Gloomhaven, Frosthaven. Uh, again, f- check the show notes below for the current uh, um, uh, campaign on Backer Kit. But, you know, it's Gloomhaven, but um, in this new standalone, or I mean, uh, sequel. And. Uh, the, the gameplay, it's uh, supposedly sharper. They've taken the lessons they learned from Gloomhaven, streamlined some stuff, created this whole new narrative, and, you know, you're still out there being the best mercenaries you can to, you know, get all, uh, as Indiana Jones would say, fortune and glory, kid. And um, I don't know how I brought Indiana Jones in this. It has nothing to do with this, but it looks fantastic. Uh, this is uh, Richard's run-through of the prototype. And, you know, you still got the basics um, of uh, Gloomhaven, you know, playing uh, your action cards game, trying to get the initiative and trying to figure out, puzzle out exactly how you want to go about killing all the bad guys and getting the loot and going and leveling up and all all that. So I'm excited for this. Uh, it got 
minis. I mean, folks, this is such a big game, and I am really looking forward to it. I have not finished Jaws of the Lion, the smaller one yet, so I want to finish that and then um, eventually get to Frosthaven. Um, I never completed Gloomhaven, but I figured, you know what, I'm just going to go straight to Frosthaven because it's awesome. And, <laughs> you know, so... That's that's gonna be the game that I want to get off my shelf shape the most. Frost Haven. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just more Gloomhaven. I haven't finished Gloomhaven either, yep. and I haven't even started Jaws of the Lion, which is also <laughs> on my shelf of shame. Nice. So I could not justify purchasing Frost Haven. <laughs> yeah. Because I ha- I have so much that I still have to yeah. uncover. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely worthwhile getting to it. Definitely. Okay. Let's see what Richard's got on his shelf of shame. Okay, Raw, I'm right there with you. I've got my copy of Frosthaven right up there, just off camera, and it is taunting me. It is mocking me, but I feel like I can't even start it until I finish Jaws of the Lion. So, yeah, those are very, very high on my list, but those are going to be such a huge commitment of time. I've chosen a different one. And Chris, uh, City of the Great Machine. Yeah, that looks great. I really enjoyed the run-through that Shay did of it last year, I think, or maybe it was two years ago now. I I can't blame you for that. That seems like a good, good call to uh, be very, very sad about. But for me, I am going to be very, very sad about not having gotten a chance to play The Gardens. When I first saw Amy and Maggie talk about it on their Thinker Themer channel, I was already in love with it. And then over here, Board Game University, uh, Stella did a great little how to play when it was crowdfunding originally. And yeah, I know this is just going to be one that Jen, I absolutely adore. I only recently got a copy of it. It is taunting me. Um, and it's tricky too, because it's I'm late to the game. So the uh, folks who vote on what games I cover aren't particularly excited for me to see it. But I really, 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 really want to get this off my shelf of opportunity. Uh, the Gardens. Oh man, this looks good. And thank you, Stella uh, from Meeple University for a great, great video. Yeah, that's... I remember when this was crowdfunding and it looked fantastic and for whatever reason i missed the boat on it but um hopefully richard gets it off his uh, shelf of shame soon yeah i remember it too i thought it looked good yeah Yeah. good choice just so many games so many games okay uh let's move on to our six of eight questions from uh, reggie uh reggie asks number six uh which game from three or more years ago chris did you discover this year well you know me i'm all about the cult of the new um (laughs) I don't like to really live in the past too much. So I don't like to play older games. You know what I mean? I, games for me, they expire, they expire. <laughs> and, and if you're playing older games, blech, yuck. But for this one, I decided to make an exception. Nice. Um, and, and remember how we said, there's always another Kinesia around the corner. Yes. Well, this is my Kinesia around the corner. I've talked about it a bunch. It's raw. And so technically, I'm probably cheating with this a bit because I think I played it for the first time, whatever, November, maybe December. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got into it. I got a, picked up a copy from working through World Series of Board Gaming and, and then like did the coverage on it. And then I just... But I, I, I wanted to put this here because I feel like I've really discovered how great a game this is over this year it, it's a game that like with this new edition that's just come out a gorgeous edition by 25th century games uh it's not the one that we're showing right now but that that's kind of one of the older editions but um th- this it's it's just so well done it's so satisfying and it's so easy so simple to get to the table uh i and what really made me excited about it 
is the fact that like some of my non-gaming friends have really taken a shine to it. it. It's one that I brought here to Nova Scotia because I was like, you know what? Anybody could get into this game and uh, anybody could have that that feeling of fun with it. it. It's so simple. You either add tiles to the common pool or you say, rah, and you start an auction say, making people bid for tiles in that common pool. But like just the push and pull of that is is enough. It's enough. Yes. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's so brilliant. I love that you said raw because that it's inevitably mm-hmm. that's how it's said in the game. It, people, you can't just say raw. It's raw or whatever. Yeah, it's you know? raw. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have to shout this out. This video. It's from the Dice Tower uh, because uh, mm-hmm. yours truly was invited to go play with Tom and them uh, uh, two years ago. I spent a couple of days there playing games. Raw was the only game I won the entire time I was there, and I have to show nice. this video because I won yeah. raw. I was so excited. It's a brilliant game. One of, uh, my opinion, Kenitsu's top three games probably of all um, time. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for Samurai, but Raw is right up there. Great choice, Chris. Yeah, and yeah. yeah as uh, Richard would say, welcome to uh, 20... What, uh, what, t- what year was it? Like 2010 or whenever it was it came out? It's... I feel like it was even like 99. 99? Oh my uh, gosh, yeah. Probably, yeah. While, we, uh, while you move on to yours. Cool. Uh, my game, um, it's one that I discovered... Uh, it's been out for I think four years now. It's not too old, no, but it has been out for a while. And I I'd heard about this game. It seemed like something that would be my jam, and I finally got a, a copy of it. And it turns out, yes, it is my jam. It is Undaunted Normandy. Um, let's take a look at uh, Kimberly's run through for the channel. Uh, this is a it's an interesting mix of a deck building and um, uh, tactical uh, warfare on uh, on the tiles here. You use your deck you start with your you know starting deck um you're either the allies or uh the axis powers and you're using it to move your troops uh you know and um find out you know try to you know battle the other troops and you're supposed to complete missions whether it's to take over a certain spot on the map or whatever it's brilliant because it's so easy to get into and you can see there are the cards just a couple of things there to you know either movement or, you know, uh, command or bolster um, uh, uh, directions where you can add troops to the uh, board or you can, you know, get more ammo or whatever. Oh, man. Uh, I I don't know why, how this... You know, I know why it slipped past me. The whole World War II thing, it's not really my thing. But the yeah. gameplay in this is outstanding, Chris. It is so streamlined. And for a war game, battling 1v1... Now, it's not going to be for everyone. I mean, it is in your face. You're battling against someone else. But I think it's just so well done and so quick to play. You're playing these little skirmishes in about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and it's a two-player game. Now, there is, there are a couple expansions. And there's one that just added a solo bot, too. So you can play this solo. But, you know, in each box, uh, this is the Normandy one. There is, like, a, I think a North America or North Africa campaign now. There's, uh, I think, a, a UK campaign coming up. But each box has um, different battles within it within it so this i think what kimberly's playing i think this might be the first one but there's like different setups you know uh the way you're gonna move your tiles there's also different cards so depending on the mission or whatever the skirmish battle uh you are going to be you know using different cards from the box so got a lot of replayability um just a very smart game and even if you're not in the whole war theme folks i would recommend it because of the gameplay it's so sharp um and mm. that is a game that i discovered uh recently undaunted normandy nice okay yeah Let's... 2019 mine was 1999 so no, it was like that, oh my gosh but, uh you know 
the good doctor he build he builds games to last guys you know yeah, gotta love still that. good okay still freaking great it is uh let's see what richard's discovered this year all right uh big discoveries from older titles what did you have ruel oh undaunted normandy yeah not my cup of tea but uh kimberly did a great job covering it on the channel and i thought it looks like a lot of fun if that's what you, if you want a head-to-head battle of wits uh, set in a very, very depressing uh, time in human history, uh, then I don't think you can go wrong. Seems very, very sharp. And Chris, oh, raw, wow. Welcome to the party, pal. I mean, what is that? Is that a 1997 published game? It must be later than that. It must be early 2000s. Uh, but still, I can't fault you. That new deluxe edition of Raw that just came out, I just got a copy of it myself. It is so just gorgeous. It feels good. It looks good. It now um, has all the presentation to match its stellar gameplay, which still holds up all these years later. But for me, I have to say my biggest surprising discovery... Right, we did surprises. This is discovery from a few years ago was Electropolis. And here's Amy and Maggie. They also only recently discovered it this year when they did a trip to uh, Taiwan. I uh, got it from a friend who had friends in Taiwan. And uh, we were all blown away. This is such an incredible tile land game. It's you know kind of SimCity-ish, all about you know uh, building up a power grid to take care of the people. And you can do dirty power or clean power. We've seen this in a lot of different things. It's got small smart tile lane because you're trying to get the right tiles next to each other, jigsaw puzzle style. There's nothing new there. But what's really special about this game, there's two things. The drafting for the tiles you grab every um, every round uh, kind of ties into this King Domino uh, initiative system, which is really, really smart. I really like that a lot. But what's more important, every round you're going to get anywhere from oh, I, a two to six tiles, which means you can have turns where you're getting a huge amount of tiling done. And sometimes you're just taking baby steps, but also every turn, you're going to get a new card. And each one of these cards has two halves. Some kind of bonus, whether it's points or resources generated or objectives or whatever it might be. And the other half of that card tells you all the tiles you just got, here's where you have to put them. On the bottom half of your board or on the extremities or extremities or whatever. And this card idea of I want that special power desperately, but I do not want to build in that section of the city. And this is the turn where I just picked up five tiles. I can't even squeeze them all into that section, but I want that card so bad. Oh my gosh, Electropolis is fantastic. If I recall correctly, it came out in 2019, and um, 2019, still, I think, one of the best years of modern board games, uh, period. And Electropolis just further cements that year. This is fantastic. I don't know how you can get a copy of this game outside of Taiwan. Uh, Hopefully, at some point, some publisher picks it up for wider distribution, because it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, my, My happiest discovery this year was Electropolis. Okay, yeah, that game I know that Richard was hyped on. I have never seen it out anywhere, but except for I've some videos and stuff. Now. Yeah, so yeah. looking forward to checking that out. Cool. Um, Chris, That'll let's... be on my surprise for next year. Exactly, right? Uh, why don't we move on to um, number seven. Uh, Chris, the question is <laughs> excuse me, which anticipated uh, releases are you most excited about for the second half of this year? Uh, so this is a game that I have coming to me uh, from Kickstarter. I backed it last year. It is an expansion to an existing series of games. Um, well, to an existing game. Uh, it's the second expansion of this game. It's one of my favorite games. And 
So it's, it's one that I, I know is actually coming out and will be coming to stores. I, I always feel since I operate a lot in, in the Kickstarter realm, my timelines get skewed because I cover things being funded. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, you know, 14 month waiting period to yep. 18 months to 24 months, right? Uh, before they actually come out. But this one I know is coming out. And I'm so thrilled and I can't wait to get it. As soon as it gets to my door, I'll probably break it out and play it. Nice. And that's Unfair, the Unfair expansion, the comic book hacker, kaiju, and ocean expansion. A really cool thing about Unfair is that they're going to make an expansion deck for every letter of the alphabet. So how you basically <laughs> how you set up the game is you take a letter, you take a deck for each person and you kind of mash them all together uh, and they'll have different sort of attractions and different events and different uh, objectives that you have to complete, which usually require finding a specific card in the deck and building those with different accoutrements, right? Like adding air conditioning to all of your sideshows or something could be, could be a blueprint. And so with each um, deck, you have a different level of, how much money is produced, how unfair the cards actually are, like how much take that is in the game. People get scared of this game a lot because they're like, oh, it's way too much take that. And there is a a level of take that in that, especially if you're playing it at a two-player level, because at a two-player game, oftentimes it will benefit you to tear away somebody's flag if you know that flag is going to give them 99 points right you you may want to remove that thing that seems like a strategic decision um in a larger group you you might not take take away someone's points and you might just focus on your own uh but i i I don't think it it is it is as much take that as people make it out to be and what i do love about all the decks is that they have this scaling and so you can just like not play with the ninja deck because the ninja deck's all about like infiltrating your opponent's park and like destroying things right you just play with the pirate deck instead which is all about getting money um and so i I love how the different decks and how they interact with each other like really seamlessly and they all have their own little twist i'm not sold on the kaiju deck that's coming Mm -hmm. there's gonna be these big kaijus that are attacking your park and you have to like roll (laughs) dice and and make sure your park doesn't get destroyed nice and so it feels like it's kind of this weird push and pull i don't know how that'll play i think i'm the most excited for the ocean expansion which is literally adds the least to the game but that's okay because i just i like the game you know, I just want more of what I love. And so you don't have to invent the, reinvent the wheel. Just give me some ocean life into my theme park. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked on it. Can't wait for This was an immediate back for me. Uh, I love the game. I can't wait to get every single expansion that comes out. And I'm very excited for it to hit my table. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, um, I remember uh, my experience with Unfair was... A good one, but again, there was a lot of take that, so I know it's not for uh, everyone. Yeah. But then we had Funfair, right? Which I haven't played yet, but that supposedly was the friendlier version of it. Um, but yeah, all the different factions and stuff, I, I'm, I would definitely uh, give it a shot. So There's just so much more content for Unfair, yeah. and you can just play Unfair the way I am forced to play it when it's just me and my girlfriend, uh-huh. which is without the take that options. Right. You just say, hey, you can't use those, you can't use those bottom bad actions yep. of the event cards. Yeah. You just don't use them. You can use the other things, but like right. it takes out most of the like, I'm using the event to screw you over. Mm-hmm. In general, I always find it's it's a more fun to use it on yourself mm-hmm. and like generally more beneficial to use it on yourself anyway. So right. like 
I can always reconcile the take that nature of it, but I, I definitely understand people who get scared of yeah. that yeah, uh, or who don't, who don't like it rather as well. Yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the game that I'm looking forward to uh, this year um, coming out and it is, I want to say it correctly. I, 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 I feel I'm going to mispronounce it, but it is Tabriz. 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 I think Tabriz. Tabriz, right? Okay. We'll go with that. This is a good pick. Yeah. The new game from Randy Flynn. So if that if you don't know that name, folks, Randy Flynn just won a Spiel des Jahres last year for Cascadia. Cascadia, not only not only my favorite game of the year, but last year, but also one of my favorite games of all time. It is wonderful. So. The hype is there for this one. This is nothing like Cascadia. Uh, this has got, you know, um, some worker placement. It, it's got, oh, it has a solo mode. I didn't even know that as we're watching the video here from our friend Tim Tuon. Um, it's got set collection and it's got this thing where, you know, the uh, markets um, are, are fluctuating. So you can get resources for uh, different prices throughout, uh, just depending on how the, you know, I guess, I, I'm not really sure how the market works, but, I you know, you'll find out when you play the game. But Beautiful art, beautiful presentation, um, and I love Tim's videos, of course, but um, you put Randy Flynn on the name of the box nowadays, I feel like it's like automatic, like, yeah, I need to play this game. So there it is, worker placement, engine building, and you're going to be going throughout uh, all of Tabriz. It's like a market. It sort of reminded me just on first glance of like something like Istanbul, where you're just placing, you know, you're moving your um, you know, your uh, pieces around, but it's not pick them and deliver. It's worker placement. So I like pick and deliver. I mean... But I love worker placement games. So you got Randy Flynn, you got worker placement, I'm all in. Uh, so this is a game that I'm excited uh, for the second half of the year, Tabriz. Yeah, this is, there, there's a lot of really cool things about Tabriz. Like I, I did an interview with Randy Flynn um, for, oh. for WSBG. It's over on the Dice Towers Network. Oh, nice. I think it just got released a couple of, de- couple of days ago. Uh-huh. But in that, like he talked about uh, also Tabriz, like, they they looked at the budget and they realized oh we actually have more money and so they were going to charge backers less for the game oh and like wow. that, that is the only time i can think of in like my two years of covering literally every crowdfunding game in existence that that has happened right like it's so rare uh, that's that makes me love it even more uh, and then just, yeah, Randy was talking about how, like, it had been even in development before he had thought about Cascadia as well, too. Oh. So kind of cool, kind of cool that, like, Cascadia ended up coming out first. Yeah. But, like, this has kind of been in the works as well. And seeing those two things working alongside each other, I, I'm I'm also pretty excited for this game and got more excited after getting the, a chance to talk with him as well. Uh, oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- I mean, charging less for people. When does that ever happen? That, that's fantastic. When does that ever happen? It's right. So cool. That yeah, is awesome. Okay. Let's see what Richard's excited about right now. Okay. Anticipation time. Well, uh, Tabriz. Oh my gosh, you're right. That looks fantastic. And what a tough act to follow. Randy Flynn's second design after Cascadia. But Randy... I have total faith in you because from everything I've read about this game, it looks really, really cool. This is high on my anticipation list, too. Um, and Chris, oh, we were doing so well, but unfair? Really? 
I mean, yeah, I've, I've, you've got a cold black heart. I understand you love to destroy your enemies who happen to be your friends, and I, I guess that's cool. I mean, yeah, Unfair is great. I know because I played Funfair, the infinitely superior title. Why? Well, I want more Funfair expansions, not Unfair expansions. But say, la vie, what am I personally most anticipating? Oh my gosh, there are so many. I had a tough time narrowing this down. This was my toughest choice of all, but I'm going to go with Planta Nubo from relatively new publisher, The Game Builders, which I don't quite understand. It looks like there's some kind of uh, board game co-op just bringing together different designers and uh, you know giving them the freedom to publish whatever they want. And uh, Their first one was Applejack, which Amy and Maggie covered for the channel. Really, really cool tile there from Uwe Rosenberg. And now their second big game is also from Uwe Rosenberg, uh, teaming up with Lagranha guys, Mike Keller and um, Andreas Odendahl. Oh my gosh, I don't know much about this game. There are no pictures, but what is the description? Oh, we uh, grow energy-rich flowers to plant in cloudy gardens, the treetops of the arbors, deliver them in bee-like airships, which transform them to biomass converters to be um, transformed into green energy. Uh, it's got action drafting contracts, tile placement, worker placement. All I know is the um, pedigree, uh, you know, Uwe plus Andreas plus, uh, you know, Mr. Keller. And I mean, all I can say is look at the art of this box cover. I really want to go to this steampunk world where it seems like we live in perfect harmony with nature and all of that. It's, uh, you know, building cities on top of massive trees, flying around in B-shaped dirigibles. The uh, It certainly looks evocative, to say the least, and I'm sure the gameplay is going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's my number one most anticipated game right now, and I have so many great ones to choose from, but I got to give it to Planta Nubo. Yeah, I haven't heard of uh, Planta Nubo until we did this no. right here and there. But, you know, it's um, Uwe Rosenberg. Definitely got to put it on the list, you know, for anticipated games. That art looks gorgeous, too. Yeah. yeah, like it's one of those things where you look at the box and you're like, yep, I'm very interested and I need to know nothing about it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. We're getting to the end here, folks. Again, thanks to Rolling uh, Rolling Reggie for all these great questions for the mm -hmm. mid-year yeah. uh, board game um, uh, tag. Uh, we've got one final one, uh, and Chris is going to share right now. Chris, what is your personal favorite video that you posted to your channel this year? Yeah, this is kind of a fun one to to end on. If I was to direct somebody to the weirdest thing that I've ever filmed, I mean, wait, my favorite thing. Um, it's the same thing, obviously. You know, you know me by now. Uh, it it would be. I did a playthrough. This is my first paid playthrough ever, and um, it's it's for this game that didn't end up funding on on Kickstarter. So hopefully they'll be back. I think the price point ended up being a little bit too high, mm -hmm. but it's this. It's this murder mystery game, or this reverse murder mystery, so to speak, called Murder at Tealwood's Manor. And uh, it, it is, it's, it's one of my favorite things. It's, one of my, it's my favorite thing that I've made this year. I spent so long on this. Um, we, we really went full out in terms of, like, costumes. Um, I did very horrible makeup, which I'm sure... This, this is brilliant. Long enough. Uh, yeah. So basically, the, the premise of the game is you know who the murderer is, and you know who the investigator is, and you know who the host is of the party. And so you're, you're taking a turn, you're drafting people randomly, and then you're putting them in a room. But if the murderer is ever in a room with somebody who... Uh, alone in a room with somebody, they'll kill that person at the end of the hour. And so you have all these cards in your hand of people who you want to die and people who you want to have live at the end of the game. And so 
And so you have to like navigate like, okay, I'm trying to get the murderer so that I can put it in this room, but like all the rooms let you swap people around. And so it's this really fun game of like everything you're putting is put face down and you get these little tokens where you can peek at what people have put down and you're trying to think, hey, do they really want that person to die? Or are they just bluffing that they want it to die? Um, it's, it's a whole weird shebang thing. Uh, and so this video was just a heck of a lot of fun to make. We also like did confessionals for it. And so cutting back and forth in between those so two awesome. uh, was, it, let me tell you, it was a, it was the longest I've ever spent editing something, <laughs> um, probably ever. But I'm very proud of how it turned out. I think it's so dumb. Yeah. There are so many dumb, stupid jokes. My friend Colin plays, uh, he wanted to play as the character Colin Old Mustard. So he just put mustard <laughs> on the shirt. Oh my gosh. Him. That's um, brilliant. I mean, look at the makeup. I mean, y'all went full out. Folks, be sure to check the show notes below for the link to this. I mean, you've got to watch this. I I, I watched it right before we uh, recorded live uh, on Twitch, and it's it's brilliant. It's so much fun. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's the thing that I'm the most proud of. Like, I put so many hours into it, and just... I'm thrilled that it lives on forever. And and also, like, legitimately a fun game. And I hope it comes back, like, the, it's 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 quite fun. I just think if they're able to get the production costs down and make it, like, a cheaper yeah. package, I think people should scoop it up for sure. Yeah. Nice. I mean, folks, look at that. I mean, that is so brilliant. Chris, the domain, <laughs> love it. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah there's, I, I think it deserves, uh, you know, being your favorite. Well done, Chris. Well done. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to mine, then we'll go to Richard's as we wrap things up here. The favorite video uh, for me that I did uh, this past year is uh, something that my buddy Daryl and I started doing on my channel. We haven't, we did it a few times earlier this year. We're going to get back to it real soon here. Um, but it is a series that I'm calling On the Clock. And we played Cascadia. We were just talking about Randy Flynn. But what On the Clock is, Chris, is, or my friend Daryl and I, we play games as fast as we can using a chess clock. So our, our goal is to play games that are within the BGG recommended time. For instance, Cascadia, on the box it says 30 to 45 minutes. Our goal right. is to do it in half the time or less. So our goal was to do this in 15 minutes. But, you know, Darren and I, we are overachievers, at least we think we are. And we said, you know, we're going to give each other six minutes each. That's 12 minutes. And, yes, we did play Cascadia in 12 minutes. It's super fast. Um, it, it's a funny because we're actually, I have this on double time, but you know, when we play it, it does feel like double time in real life. Um, so yeah. it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's something that I actually talked with, uh, the brothers Murph a while ago. And also my friend Matt from Silver Metal Tavern, where we want to play a, a game with Twilight Imperium using chess clocks where we only have a certain right. amount of time. And if you yeah. run out of time, you just lose. And that's how we play. You're yeah. yeah. You're Your just civilization out. explodes. Exactly. Just boom. That's yeah. it. So we want to do a six player game of Twilight Imperium within like 90 minutes or some crazy amount. And, uh, Daryl and I, we, this is sort of like a testing ground. We've been able to do this. We played it, you know, in 12 minutes, Cascadia. We also did Stone Age. Two-player game it says the box is like 45 to 90. We did it in 30 minutes, or I think it was like 28 minutes or something. So, nice. obviously, you're not playing, you know, you're playing suboptimally, but it's fun. And it's games that yeah. we already know sort of like, you know, by heart, and you don't have to think about it too hard. And uh, it, it's a good time. And that's my favorite video of my channel, On the Clock playing cascadia that's a great that's a great con like I, I think i remember you telling me that you did that and i yeah. just thought it was such a such a great thing to do i've i often like 
I, whenever we're playing coup and we're like one more round one more round before yep. breaks up speed coup speed coup speed coup yes. chanting yes. you just chant when if somebody's taking too long you're like make your move make your move <laughs> just like it gets this like really fun frenetic energy and everybody's playing at that same at that same restriction right so yep. like it's fair in terms yep. of your everyone's handicapped totally in that aspect yeah so yeah i think what, what a great series what a lovely idea Thanks. everybody go watch ruel's on the clock yes and try it at home show try notes it links home. below folks yes check it out thank you for that and why don't we finish up with richard uh talking about the favorite video on his channel here okay favorite uh, video of the channel this was actually a fun one to do because i generally don't tend to retrospect too terribly often i had a lot of thought and i know what my favorite is but before i get to that uh ruel i love that speed clock series you were doing what'd you do like three or four of them they were fantastic and you did a great job uh, i know that you had some technical difficulties getting the clock on screen you know the, the the chess clock so you could see how it's going but wow just pure adrenaline in cardboard form and i i folks follow the links down in the show notes go check out a few of these videos that Ruel did they are fantastic and i would love to see him go back and doing more but he needs you people to watch them so uh that was very very cool and chris man that um that uh teal woods manor video rarely have i seen anybody go all in as much as you did that uh, was very impressive not my favorite of your channel so far but i think there after this i mean we're, we're just doing the main show right now but there's the extended edition of the show folks hit that eye in the top right corner of the screen i think ruel and chris are going to talk about some runner-ups and i know chris you're going to say my favorite runner-up which was fantastic but enough about you what uh what was my number one video that i'm so happy with i think it uh signals a new dawn for my channel it is the uh, how to play that i did for the latest game from stonemire expeditions and here's the deal, folks. I didn't do this alone. Uh, right there on screen right now, uh, that is Alex Hart, who is a very, very uh, sharp young man who lives just about a half hour away from me, does his own YouTube channel called Might I Suggest. His whole thing is being a game sommelier and recommending games to other players. And uh, when we found out we he lived so close to each other, we came up with an idea. A new series of games on the channel, uh, you know, how to play style. But unlike every How to Play style video out there in the industry, which all borrow from Rodney Smith, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, the, the format he came up with over a decade ago, this was radically different. I called it the Rado Learns Expedition. That's the video here because what we did is I did not play Expeditions. Instead, Alex played it quite a bit, learned how to play, and then brought it to my house, and we sat down and recorded him teaching me how to play the exact same way that he would teach anybody how to play the game if you were sitting down together at a table. So it is not just a regimented, right, we're just going to go through every section of the rule book and make sure we explain everything. This is a much more natural and organic teaching style. It includes me interrupting him because, wait, what about this and that and the other? Uh, because he was legitimately teaching me how to play the game. And it was fantastic. I've already gotten a lot of feedback that people really liked it. This is the kind of how to play video I want to 
see more of. Not all about, you know, just scripted and super prepared, just, you know, going through every single bullet uh, item of a rulebook, but something that is more natural and flowing that replicates the feeling you get when you sit down and play a game. And as it turns out, uh, Alex is fantastic at teaching games. Uh, One of his day jobs is he works at Guardian Games in Portland, Oregon, and every Sunday he runs a new gamer day where they bring in people and he spends all day just teaching people how to play really popular games like Cascadia. So Alex is a world-class game teacher. He did a phenomenal job teaching me, and by extension you, how to play Expeditions. And this is just the start, folks. I think it's fantastic. Uh, uh, Later this week, no, no, next week, he's going to be driving up here. He's going to teach me how to play a couple of more games. Uh, And I, I, I want to continue doing it because I really enjoy Alex. He's a great teacher. And hey, it makes my life easier because uh, this is the first game in quite a while that I did not have to teach myself how to play. Absolutely fantastic. I am so excited for the future. You have not seen the last of this nice young man. Although, in the meantime, go check out Alex's channel, My Dice Just a Game. We'll put a link for that down in the show notes, too. And, uh, yeah, I am very, very excited. This is by far my favorite thing I have done so far on the channel this year. Alex, welcome to the party, pal. Okay, guys. Yeah, that, I really enjoyed that as well. As Richard said, you know, it's it was a lot more natural to teach. You know, as someone, as if you were at a game day or at home or whatever, uh, you know, Alex really brought his A game and, uh, and taught the game beautifully. So, uh, well done. Um, nice. Yeah. Wow. Mid year mid year board game tag. It's it's been a thing. This has been fun. Tag your it. Anyone who's watching it, fill it out <laughs> in the comments below. Uh, we want to know. For yeah, sure. absolutely, we do. Absolutely, folks. Yeah, let us know. Um, you know what you like, what you didn't like. Let us know your answers to the board game um, mid-year board game tag, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, Chris, this has been a pleasure as always. Uh, thank you again. I hope your voice um, clears up real soon here. I mean, we're both sort of hacking it up these days, so hopefully you'll be we're, getting better real soon. We're quite the pair, you and I, but <laughs> we still did it together, and I. I Appreciate being here as always, Ruel. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. And that's going to do it today, folks. Um, thanks to our sponsors at Cephalo Fair Games for hanging out with us today on the R&R&R show. We'll see you later next time. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>